0: Hey everybody! This is Flavio Romeo, and this is episode 47 of the Hawthorne Towncast, and this is the Thanksgiving episode. This is uh, Thanksgiving is coming up this Thursday, November 25th, which happens to be my birthday. Uh, it happens once every seven years or so. And before we start the episode, I just want to thank everybody and for, for listening and contributing and being a part of the Hawthorne Towncast. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I do. Uh, we're going to keep bringing you new businesses that open up in town. We've got the Cigar Lounge that is opening up. We've got some great events coming up. December 11th at Shortways, we have Joey D. If you don't know who Joey D is, he wrote and performed the Peppermint Twist back in the 60s. That's coming up on December 11th. We're going to talk about that. We have him coming up next week, uh, both in a video podcast on our YouTube channel and also the audio podcast. But today, we have Camille Ellabrook. You may know her as Camille Vitagliano. Class of 1976. Uh, she does a lot with children, and also she's a gifted, gifted artist. And some of the work she does is just amazing. She's an entrepreneur. She's looking to uh, to further her uh, her art business and and... and you know, I would encourage you guys to uh, to work with her and to get some beautiful work done for those that you love. All right. Enjoy the episode and happy Thanksgiving, everyone. In my hometown, there's a railroad running through it. Like to take you there and prove it. Can I take you there tonight? All right, everybody. We are, once again, we are at Blackjack Mulligans and basically... It's either Blackjack Mulligans and, or Celtic Corner because I can walk there. And I can also have an adult beverage and not have to drive home. I could just walk home. Uh, there are times when I go to other places and have to, you know, refrain. But we're at Blackjack Mulligans right on Diamond Bridge Ave. And I happen to have an old friend. I mean, our friendship goes back a long ways. Uh, she graduated class of 1976, Hawthorne High School. Uh, a lot of you guys may know her as Camille Ellabrook. I know her as Camille Vitagliano, who grew up on, on Sylvester Ave, right next to Post Ave. And I have to say, before I bring her on, that we had the cooler street. We had the cul-de-sac. You guys had the Pizarro's at the end, right? Oh,
1: yes, we did. We did. So you I could
0: did. never, like, hit the ball over the fence oh, no. into Lincoln Ave. We
1: actually played in the middle of the street. <laughs> That's where we played. It was a... Um... A tar that they must have patched up. That was home. That was home plate. (laughs) First base was the corner of the driveway to the Testa's house. Right. Yep. And then second base was another patch, and then third base was the corner of our driveway. And then there was home plate.
0: And that was the worst part is when they came to repave the roads. It's like, oh, you ruined the bases.
1: Do you know I took out my video camera and. Taped the street, and on the video camera, I said, "This was home plate. <laughs> this was first base, second base, and third base." Yes.
0: So I welcome an old friend to a lot of us, and new friends to those who don't know Camille. uh But Camille Ellerbrook is—I I wanted to have her on the Towncast because, you know, she she born and raised in Hawthorne, and also just such a gifted artist. And I love I love the arts. Uh, for those of you who know me, you guys know how much I love the arts, whether it be visual arts or performing arts, uh, musical arts, and and I, wa- I, I love the, the entrepreneurial spirit of, of people who have this gift, and I do consider you being gifted. I, actually, I just said that today on Facebook, which is gifted. Thank you. A- and, and, and being able to encourage people to support the local arts, which I think this town is lacking, which I'm going to do. I'm going to make it my business to start really pushing the arts in Hawthorne.
1: Right. There are so many talented people in this town. Even the young people, the acting. Um, I remember going to a number of the high school plays. And amazing. Amazing. I was blown away. I think I saw um, The Miracle Worker four times. I kept on going back because I was so touched.
0: Not because your daughter, was your daughters in the No, my
1: daughters were not in it. But I just thought it was absolutely beautiful. And The Miracle Worker was the movie that made me want to go into teaching. Is that right? Yes. I thought it was, uh, the, the way that Annie Sullivan was so tough. And she was doing ABA on Helen Keller. Before ABA was even a thing. thing. And um, when I got the job in the Hawthorne School District, I was like a fish out of water. You know, I was thinking, uh, you know, I don't have a teaching degree. Um, I needed mentors, and I had wonderful, wonderful teachers and behaviorists that taught me everything about ABA. And if anybody doesn't know what that means, that is applied behavioral analysis. It is a proven scientific way of teaching children with autism. And I learned from scratch. And I remember being hired at the time, and I had a wonderful principal, Roseanne Zagata. And I had a book that came out that I illustrated. Is that right? Yes. What book? It was called You're Just My Cup of Tea. And the next one, I illustrated a book, The Gentle Art of Hospitality by Alda Ellis, who was like the Martha Stewart of the South. Right, right. And I got it through a licensing agent that I was hooked up with. And I guess my friend saw the book. I told her about it. It was just being published. And she went to Roseanne. And I just went to Roseanne and I said, you know what, Roseanne, I don't want my art to be like pushed in the school because I felt I wanted it to be separate. And I really wanted to prove myself. I wanted to be a good para, I wanted to learn. And I did, I had great teachers. Becky Delaney started me off I had great behaviorists that I worked with, Lisa Searles, Carrie Parker, um, and I learned everything from them. And then I went on to older kids, and I worked with Carrie Casey. I was privileged to work with Rachel Shea, who is a, is a wonderful first grade teacher over at Jefferson, and Liz Varkas. and I just learned so much from them. And I am so grateful for everything that they have. I watched them and I just learned. So, How long have you been doing that? 16 years. Wow. 16 years. And I literally stopped all my art. I just, I stopped doing it. And um, I devoted- was it everything. Was it time-wise? It was time-wise. And I thought, okay, great. I can have a teaching hourly. Job And on the side, do all my marketing. Because I had a licensing agent who licensed out all my artwork. I I had flags. You know the outdoor flags? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had...
0: A, or like the little porch flags. Like, yes,
1: really? You did that? I did all that. And there was a, a carnal scene I did that I still get royalties from to really? this day. Yes. And that's where I got the books from. He, he kind of hooked me up. I did dinnerware. Um, he was great, and I, that's how I I got all that artwork because I was laid off from my previous job. Ah, yes. All right, so
0: let's go let's go back. Let's We're going to go, go, go way yes. way before that. Yes. So, growing up on Sylvester Raff, I and I know a lot of you guys listen. I, I see the, the demographics. You're either people like are in Hawthorne or grew up in Hawthorne and moved away, and and hopefully there's a couple of you guys out there that. Uh, that didn't, and, and you're just, you know, you're hearing about Hawthorne for the first time, so I love romancing the town. Uh, those that, that know me, I moved here when I was four years old from Italy and, and settled in Hawthorne, settled on Post Ave, and, uh, you know, a lot of you guys out there, the Fierros, and I had a lot of friends and the Burks and the Brownleys and the Altimuses you know, and Gentiles, and we had so many different friends on our street. How was it growing up in, in town? I mean, how, how was it for you?
1: It was the greatest childhood. <laughs> we had the greatest childhood. Uh, of course, like I said, you had a great
0: street. Oh, you we had a did. Great
1: street. We had a great street. It was a dead end street. When you think about it, uh, as we spoke before, we were raised by the greatest generation.
0: Yeah, it was a generation that lived through World War II, Two, Korea, War. Vietnam. Yeah.
1: We we had brother. We saw brothers, cousins, friends, go off to Vietnam and pray that they would come back. And some did and some didn't. Uh, I know a lot of the young men were afraid of the draft. Remember the draft? Oh yeah. You know, if your number came up and you failed, it was like, thank God, you went to college, you know, to avoid going to Vietnam. It was, you know, one of those wars that, you know, I don't know. It just—it was senseless for us. And, um, and you know, it
0: was—and it was still growing up. It was not the focal point of our childhood.
1: No, it wasn't the focal point. We didn't know. We were just having fun. Uh, our goal was to get out and and play kickball outside, stickball up at the school, spun at night, gorilla. Remember the green <laughs> gorilla? <laughs> But we had to wait till it was dark. Uh, Spud. spud. I haven't heard
0: Spud Uh, in so long.
1: And, you know, I know on post-Abb, you had that cul-de-sac. Oh, it was great. But we had our own street, and, you know, I think the parents would sit out on their porches, everybody did, and watch us play.
0: Yeah, watch and make sure that we weren't carousing.
1: Right. Right. (laughs) And we were so thrilled when the good humor truck came down our street. Oh, they made a killing. Oh. It was a dead end but when it was it came down it was the best thing.
0: We would have it so if we caught them at the top of the street we can get an ice cream yes. and finish it so by the time they came back up we can get another, another ice
1: cream. Another. I mean I mean a lot of us didn't have the parents didn't have the money to buy us the ice cream. You know it, it but we didn't know any like that that was it. Yeah. They didn't have the money? That was, it. that was it. Sorry not today. That was it. I think growing up that time, um, we were all equal. Like there was no status, and there wasn't any um, labels. We were, I mean, there was
0: and there was no social media. Nobody could make fun of anybody else. No like one that. could
1: make fun of any. I mean, I'm sure there was kids that were bullied, and uh, there was kids that stood stood up for them.
0: Um, I really I, felt like it was a community.
1: It was a community. There was such a. Um, Great fun that was, you know, that Hawthorne gave to us.
0: So shout out some of your friends that you grew up with. I, I, I do that all the time. Oh, my
1: best friend Chrissy Delaney. Uh, that that was my best friend. We did so many things together. So keep in touch? Yes, we do. And then there's Jerry Papa, Glenn Graham, and Chrissy Delaney. That we were the we were the four. Musketeers. Musketeers. <laughs> and you grad
0: and you all graduated and that Lincoln school at the time so you guys know where Sylvester is right across the street from Lincoln school not the back of Lincoln school the front of Lincoln school and and it was K through 8 growing up it was K through 8
1: oh yeah when you realize it we went together through school through like 9 years and we knew but there was that group of kids that went to the kindergarten that went to St. Anthony's. Right, right. Right? Yep. Because St. Anthony's did not have a kindergarten.
0: And they didn't have a high school. No. So, So you lost friends
1: for, right. for eight years. Yes. And then we came together back and, but the St. Anthony's group were a tight group, and I think they all hung out together in the high school. Um,
0: after- and, and also at Lincoln School, used to, you know, during the summer, you had summer rec, Oh. There's a lot of activity. So even if you went to St. Anthony's, you were
1: still friends. Everybody, St. Anthony's, everyone came to summer rec. And we talked about Wednesday nights when they had the movies. Beauty night. Oh.
0: And always a good Bugs Bunny in the
1: beginning. Oh, it was like the blankets and the snacks. And we would go to George's. Yeah, of course. Right, And we'd get all our candy or penny candy from there. Um, you know, everybody. Oh, get the sugar daddy because it lasts long, <laughs> right? Yeah. We always get something that would last long. Oh, right.
0: Something that would just settle deep in your teeth. Oh,
1: in our teeth, <laughs> man. we have cavities though? <laughs> you know. So, so when
0: was it growing up? When was it that you realized you you liked drawing or you liked doodling? Like, what was that? How far back do you remember?
1: Um, My mother told me that the kindergarten teacher, if everybody remembers Mrs. Vandenberg, told my mother that... She has a talent. Back as far as... She said that in kindergarten? Yes. She likes to draw, and I could see she had a talent. And my mother, being the mother that she was, the great, great mother, she encouraged that. And by third grade, she put me in this art school called Virginia Falconeri. Jennifer, how does that name sound familiar? It, she was on Llewellyn Ave and Lafayette Ave on the corner. And she was an oil painter and an artist, a realist. Wow. And from third grade up to eighth grade. You studied with her. I studied with her. And then she had art shows at the end of the school year. And she would put
0: all the students, art All up the there?
1: students. In the first year, I got second prize the first year first year I'll never forget it was a a lighthouse on the edge by the ocean and my name Camille was huge (laughs)
0: that's how you signed it
1: (laughs) I was in shock I got second prize in the art show how did that feel oh it felt amazing and you know the she would set up the still lifes. It was like the bottle with the grapes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the Some kind of a fabric. Crafts, yes, and a fabric draping. And she just taught us how to paint in oils. And so in the, you
0: started painting in oils at that
1: young of an and age. Third grade. In third grade, all the way up to eighth grade. Let me tell you
0: something, guys. Mm-hmm. If, for, for those of you that have never painted in oils, I mean acrylic. You know, the thing about acrylic is acrylic dries very quickly. So you can paint. You don't like it? Paint over it. Oils, I think there are still Vincent van Gogh paintings that if you cut through, they're still wet.
1: Right. Exactly. It was hard. And it was, you had to wait till it dried for a week and then you went back the next week and continued. Yeah, just
0: so you wouldn't smear all the color. Oh,
1: yeah. And, you know, I learned a lot. I really, really learned. But the thing of, Virginia was such a wonderful realist. I mean, you could touch her artwork. And I judge that on your ability as an artist. If you could capture something and make it look real, that meant you were a great artist. But I quickly learned through life, it wasn't like that. Right,
0: but at that age, it's like, that looks just like the picture.
1: Exactly, so when then I went into high school. And, of course, I had great art teachers. Mr. D'Angelo, he was wonderful. I learned so much about art history from him. And his very, Mrs. Hart.
0: Colleen Hart.
1: Hart, Another great teacher, and I remember seeing her years later, years later, and she remembered, you did that picture of the tiger, and you did that painting of this, and she remembered everything. So, like, it continued right into high school.
0: And you, you, you had really good mentors.
1: Good. Great art teachers, great mentors. And this is what the town offered to us. And they had photography, they had, um, I think, ceramics, they had so many things for art in high school. And I would love for them to bring all that back.
0: Uh, no, I, I agree.
1: I, have you ever thought about, about mm-hmm. teaching? You know what? Everybody says, look, you should be an mm. art teacher. You should teach art. I said, be the next Virginia Falconer. I know. I said, you know what? I... I don't think about what I do when I paint. I just do it. So I don't really remember the fundamentals. I just, it's, it's a thoughtless process. When I paint, I'm listening to podcasts. I'm listening to music. I'm listening to um, Pandora comedy and laughing as I'm painting. I don't even remember what I'm doing. I just do it. But do you find,
0: because I know for me, when I get into a project... I almost, I almost don't want to stop until it's finished.
1: Yes.
0: Do you, do you get that?
1: Sometimes. You know, there's times I'm like, I, like, there's like deadlines. Seven hours later, yes. it's like, oh my god. All of a sudden, you're not. Oh my gosh, I forgot to eat today, because I'm into this so much. Let's
0: not get carried away. I don't, I don't yeah. go there. I don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Just so we're clear, I never forget to eat.
1: Okay. <laughs> but all of a sudden, I mean, you could see why, you know these great artists and these uh, Renaissance artists. uh, I can't can't even come close to what they do. But they were so devoted to their art. And they didn't care if they didn't have enough money to eat. And I remember reading something about Michelangelo. What a uh, gift, a gift. And, you know, but he was mentored by someone and they were teaching him how to mix the paint. And how to make the paintbrushes. And he was like, I don't want to do this. I want you to teach me how to paint. I want to learn. And they said, if you don't know that foundation and know how to mix your own colors.
0: To actually make the colors.
1: And make the colors from scratch. Because
0: yeah, they didn't have tubes where you go to Michael's and just no. buy a couple of tubes.
1: Or Blick. Yeah. yeah. Get your paintbrushes, all that. No. They knew that they had to apprentice and learn the fundamentals of being an artist. And then the rest will come. Right. Then,
0: then you'll be able to find your own voice oh, yeah. in
1: your art. Oh yeah. And you know that's that's you know, we're lucky that we could just order this on and believe me, I have gone to Amazon to order my paints before going to Blick because oh this might not come in in another week because you know we don't believe in the mink killing the minks to get the brushes and I'm like oh for the love of Peter Paul and Mary just order it from Amazon and get it next day <laughs>
0: exactly. exactly if you order I early enough this. you get it the same day
1: I need this I need this yeah so I mean Amazon has been a great thing for me you know uh, but talking going back that's all I did through college I mean, where'd, you, where'd you go to college? I went to FIT. I started, did you
0: have? Did you want to be a
1: fashion designer? Or what was your... no? I started off in uh, school of visual arts, and I, I think I came from. I, I'm the type of person, the way I am. I needed structure. I visual arts. The school of visual arts was very liberal. You know, uh, show up to if class, you want. Yes, you show up. Amazing talent. You I wanted see, more military. I needed. I, I'm a militant person. I, I can honestly say. I needed, this is your class at 9, you have to be here at this class, and you fill in your liberal arts studies, and that's what I needed.
0: Just so you know, we, we set this this time up at 5 o'clock, she walked in at like 10 seconds before 5, she was military, she was just yes. right on time. Right on time, that's
1: a, That's me. You ask the people that I work with, I'm a lot earlier than I am, but that's my dad. That was my father. Um, you know, you just you're on time. It, it shows respect.
0: You're on time when you're ten minutes early. Yes. If you show up on time, you're yes. late.
1: Or if uh, <laughs> if, I'm not, if I'm on time, Flavio, I'm sorry, I'm late. I'm running a little late. I'll be there two minutes in right. two minutes. Right. But uh,
0: yeah. So SBA so, started yes, at SBA. SBA. Was that was, did, did, did your art teachers encourage like? Have, like, senior year, junior year, when you're starting to look, what was that process?
1: That was like, you know, I applied to Cooper Union. I don't know if you ever heard of Cooper. Oh, yeah. Cooper. Great arts school. Great arts school. And it was free. It's
0: free. It I mean, and free. for for you guys listening, if you if you have kids that are looking to get involved in the arts, performing arts, visual arts... Cooper Union is one of the best schools. It is very, very difficult to get in, but it's well worth the effort.
1: Right. I did apply to that, and of course I, I didn't get in, but I did get into School of Visual Arts. Um, So I wasn't happy there. You know, I just felt it was like, you know
0: I can't
1: I can't be that way. So then somebody said, Well, you know, let's try Fashion Institute of Technology, F I T and I applied and I got in and I thought, you know what, maybe being a fashion illustrator is is a good thing. So you know, I walk in and I had this tough, tough teacher. Her name was Anna Ishikawa, and she called everyone by their last name. Everyone in the class. Vitaliano, get up
0: here. But she said it. She didn't say it
1: right. She said it the right way. She did. She said Vitaliano. Ah, Vitaliano! Wow, look at her. how she said my last name. I didn't know anybody's first name in my class. We only, we called everybody by our last name. And she said, because that is your identity, your last name—that's
0: that's you, right—is
1: who you are. And she was tough as nails. And I remember we were talking about. She made us do a, an illustration the first day, and she took it, and she kept it on file. Then at the end of the semester, we did a last drawing, and she brought out the first drawing to compare what we learned. Now, fashion illustration is a whole different process. It's the main movement. It's finding the the, the capturing
0: the the wave of the body. The wave of the
1: body. The way the clothes lay on you. You know. Now I was like making beautiful portrait faces. And I, I didn't care about the clothes. All I wanted was the model <laughs> to have this beautiful You wanted it to look like her. I wanted it to look like her. So then they also introduced general illustration, besides fashion. If you wanted to change over to general, and that's what I did. Oh. And I learned... Night and day. Oh, I learned a slew of different ways to illustrate and... Work with gouache, and and I had great teachers there, I can tell you. Robert Baxter, Andrew Kisler. It, it was, like, wonderful. wonderful. Do, you ever, do you ever communicate with them at all? I don't. I think they probably have passed yeah. on at this point. I know Anna Ashikawa has. And that really, it really hit me hard when I heard she passed. Because she was such... A mentor to me more than I can remember any teacher any teacher but Robert Baxter was my main general illustration teacher and at the end of my years there he said to me you know what Camille I think you're going to make it can you imagine
0: How'd that make it feel?
1: Your professor saying that to you, I think you're going to make it. That's how good you are.
0: And listen, I I want you guys to look look up some of her stuff. So it's Camille Ellerbrook. right? I'm going to spell it out for you. She's on Instagram. She's on Facebook. Trying to encourage her to, to get her stuff up on a website. Anybody listening that wants to volunteer their efforts for free, that that want to help her put all her work on a website she would she would be very happy with that but it's Camille C-A-M-I-L-L-E underscore Ellerbrook E-L-L-E-R-B-R-O-O-K underscore art on Instagram Camille Ellerbrook art on Instagram and then on Facebook just look up Camille Ellerbrook you'll see her she posts some some of her work and and I, I know sometimes because I, I know I know you're not you're not a braggart you're not no. like hey look at my work so I know and I know for a person like that like you yeah. it's difficult that's why I wanted to do this because I want to encourage you to keep putting your artwork up there I love that when did you do that? something came up for Veterans Day we we're recording this right after Veterans Day and you had that beautiful beautiful piece that you did
1: how long ago did you do that. I did that about eight years ago, and um, what was the inspiration behind it? Inspiration that? was, I believe that, like, looking at like it was like during Afghanistan at the end, and I and I thought to myself, "What would Norman Rockwell do?" Like that was my inspiration. That was
0: Americana.
1: Yes, because
0: yeah. it really was that. It was that style, not the style of the artwork, okay. but the feeling behind it.
1: Yes, so I depicted every soldier from the Revolutionary War in every branch of the military. I love that. In this illustration. And I post it almost every Memorial Day and Veterans Day because I'm a patriot. I love my country. And I just... How can you thank... These men and women that gave us our freedom. And when I, and I will tell you the truth, when I hear the national anthem, it gets to a certain point and I cheer up every time I hear it. I, I just love our country. I could look at our American flag and I, I just, it brings such pride. To live in such a great country. Now did you
0: your parents were both born here?
1: They were both born
0: here. Were their relatives born over? Okay.
1: My father's mother and father were born in Italy. I believe it was called Lustra. It was a little bit down on the west coast of Italy close. Near and Naples. Yes. Um, and my grandfather came over with his father. They came over on the boat, as they call it, and um, I had a friend who happens to be a distant cousin probably of mine, with the same his grandmother had the last name Vitagliano. So there was the Vitaglianos in that whole thing. So when we wow. leave Al Shavo. Al Shavo. You know the Shavos? Yeah yeah. Yes. yeah. So I saw my grandfather, my great grandfather's signature. She sh- they showed me. They brought me over their apartment, and they were showing me. Do you know what that felt like? To see when they came over, and they came over legally. And I remember my father telling me they had to have a place to live.
0: Yeah, spot like a sponsor.
1: Yes. They had to have um, a career or they had to have a skill. A
0: trade, something. A trade.
1: Now, my father's family, they were masons, tailors. My grandfather was a tailor and uh, a shoemaker. My grandfather was a shoemaker. Was he really? Yes. And there's a picture of my grandfather, the Tagliano shoes. In America. Wow. Where was the shop? In Patterson. In Patterson, New Jersey. And to see this, and then my grandfather had his own tailor shop. Now, back in the day, you know, the the young boys wore knickers. And my grandfather was the first one to make long pants for boys, and my father was wearing it down in Patterson, probably at Meyer Brothers or Jacobs, and Mr. Jacobs saw it, and he said to my grandmother, where were those pants made? She goes, oh, my husband made them. Wow. Really? Yes, and I thought, they should have. She goes, oh, he doesn't make it for, I go, why, Grandma, you should
0: yeah, see that they didn't know marketing.
1: They didn't know marketing. Yeah. They were pride. They had their pride, and they were so proud that her husband made it. Yeah,
0: I, I, my, my dad. My dad was also a tailor. Yeah. One of his customers was Joe DiMaggio. Oh, I remember
1: mean, that.
0: So yes. h- here I'm thinking, I'm thinking. You know, now I look at it after all these years of marketing and product development and all this other stuff that I've done. If I knew then what I know now. Yeah. He could be making suits and clothes for Major League Baseball.
1: Right, America was the land of opportunity. They, they were just so happy to be here, and uh, then they, his brother and him, they purchased a house on River Street in Patterson. The, the grandmother, of course, lived downstairs. They grew their own wine, the the vegetables, vegetables, and they were farmers. And they made their own pizza and wine, and they just... Their growing up was different from ours, but it was the same. They had those memories. Well, they
0: taught, they taught you the values the of that. The
1: values and the, the appreciation of being American. They, my father was so proud of that. And when he was... He turned 18 in February. And they pulled him out of high school. He couldn't even graduate high school. And they put him in war. And they put him in World War II. Now, here's a young 18-year-old boy, never been away from his mother and father, in that close-knit Italian family. Now you threw a gun in his hand. They threw a gun in his hand. And proud as I could be, he became staff sergeant in the army and they had him in Italy because he could speak Italian. They made him staff sergeant, and they asked him to stay. After the war was over, he said, thank you, but I want to go home. I want to get married, and I want to have a family. Like most men of that generation did. Yeah, absolutely. They wanted to go home to America, get married, and have a family, and they did. And that was that generation that raised us. That raised us. And,
0: and it's that it's that work ethic that we hope that we've passed on to, to the next country. generation. Yes. Yeah, it's hard.
1: And I know I I've, I've done that with my daughters.
0: And I, I do feel I, I feel the same way.
1: Same way. I mean they saw their mother, a single mother work two, three jobs. They were, they had no, they did without anything. Like, I gave them what I could. They never complained. They never complained. They were happy kids. And I could see, like, my older daughter, Amy, she, she worked three jobs. My younger daughter, Aislinn, who now lives in Florida, I'm like, why are you leaving? (laughs)
0: Awesome. (laughs) She'll be back. Everybody comes back.
1: It's a magnet, right? (laughs) And proud as I am of the both of them, they really worked hard. Aislinn is now a a registered dietitian. She got her master's degree. Um, Proud oh, I'm so proud
0: mom. She's blushing. I
1: am. I'm so proud of both of my daughters. Shout mom.
0: out to shout out to both the girls.
1: Oh, yeah, so I, I thought, thank you, thank you. I'm grateful that they made it through and they said, Mom, we had a great childhood. That's all a parent wants to hear. Exactly. That's our goal in life is to give our children a great childhood. Yeah,
0: and hopefully they come out better than you did.
1: Uh, and They did. They did. They really have. Um all right, so,
0: so I want to talk about your artwork again. Okay. Uh, if you guys haven't seen her artwork, I really encourage you to, to either go on Instagram, go on her Facebook page. Uh, now, do you, do you have people that, that contact you and say, hey, you know what, my dog passed away, or I love my cat, my dog, my, my grandpa. Do you have, do you have people? Do you commission work for
1: you? I get a lot of commission work uh, it's through actually posting on Facebook that people contact me. They'll message me, you know, I can you do a portrait of my dog? You know, um, and I know you spoke of one, a painting that I've loved, you know, to do. And I have to say this, and this is with all the truth in my heart, is I did a portrait of Jimmy Nepper and Holly Nepper's dog, Scrappy. Scrappy! <laughs> it was probably one of the best portraits I've done of a dog. I, I, Why?
0: What do you attribute that to?
1: I, I think it was a connection I had to this dog. So
0: do you get to, like, if you're doing a dog or a cat, do you get to meet them and get I, to know them?
1: Sometimes I don't meet them. I don't meet them at all. But I'm looking at their, port, their photograph. And I'm going off of that. And I know every hair, every kind of detail in their in their fur, their nose, and it was. It, and Holly goes, "I want to give it to Jimmy for his birthday." And when he becomes chief. And she did. Oh. I mean, Jimmy was just so like, they were both so, oh my God, this is just wonderful. And Holly goes, I don't know if he wants to hang it up at home or in his office. I go, oh, put it in his office. <laughs> Maybe maybe somebody will see it and want their dog painted, you know? It's almost like an advertisement. Advertising, exactly.
0: No one's going to see it in your house. Get it in the office.
1: And then there was this one other painting I did for the book. It was, um, I went to Nantucket. And I don't know if anybody's ever been to Nantucket, uh, off of Massachusetts. It is magical, it's an artist's dream. The flowers and the cottages... It looks It looks fake. It does, it does. And I remember going and the hydrangeas were unbelievable. And people rode around on bicycles and they had the baskets in the, on the bicycle. And the, everyone... You know, from all over the world would come there. and It, it almost
0: was... looks like Jaws without the shark.
1: Yes. <laughs> it was a quaint. It's just quaint. And they have the cobblestone roads and I just absolutely fell in love with Nantucket. So I wanted to paint from what I could remember. It was a painting I did. It's a bicycle with a basket and there's flowers in the basket. And it's Parked on a in front of a home on a cobblestone road, and over the doorway is pink roses. Just like is this is a real thing. Yeah, I, and I painted it, and I, I, it's like my favorite painting. And I had it in an art show, the original. And this man came up, and he wanted to buy it. I said, "It's not for sale." <laughs>
0: That's, you can't get too connected to your work. I
1: know. That's my problem. But
0: that's the one. Is that that's the one, like, of all the, the paintings one. you've ever done?
1: Yes. There's something about that painting. And I made prints, and I gave it, and I framed it, and I gave it to my friends. Um, my friend has it hanging in her little bathroom, and every time I go in there, I go, oh, my heart. My cousin has it hanging in her kitchen.
0: Well, i tell you what, then. Why why you know when i put this out when this when this episode comes out why don't i use that picture as you, you'll send that me that picture i will all right will. so so guys when you when you open this this particular episode up and you see the front page picture this is the painting that she's talking about don't forget to send it to me yes. i'm going to remind you yes
1: okay i will i definitely will so
0: that's of all the points, that's just that it brings you and it's not only that you love the way it came out but it brings you back to a place
1: and i also think it is that americana the the soldiers that has touched me to the core and i put like when i say that i put white black hispanic men women that made this country We're just humans what we are today and that amer and that eagle flying over the most beautiful fabric, an emblem. It just it touches me in ways I I can't even tell you. Have you ever
0: thought of of selling prints, like making prints, signing yes. them, matting them? Have A you lot done of people
1: that? have asked me. Uh, I would love to. I go. I will. I will make prints and I'll sign it. I'll sign it for you if you want. That's great. I would love to do that. I'm so attached to my artwork.
0: Uh, Keep the original, sell the print.
1: Yes. I think
0: whoever discovered that years ago was brilliant because you have all these great works of art that, like you said, it's hard to part with, but Let's to see. be able to make a high quality print, right. and to mat it, sign the mat, numbered, maybe right. there's only a so hundred of a kind. Yes,
1: 50 at that point. And, um, sure, I would love to do that because I'm just so, I have so much artwork in this wonderful apartment that I'm living in. <laughs> Alright, so guys, so listen.
0: I, I, again, it's Camille Ellerbrook art camille underscore Brook underscore art that's her instagram find her on facebook i'm going to give you a cell phone number okay uh so i'm going to give, give you a chance to pull over on the side of the road so you can grab a pen you can write it down write it on your hand if you're on paper because you're not going to want to lose this and and you know you can communicate with her if there's a picture of a relative birthday presence she is just so you understand right now Right now we're in the early part of November when we're recording this. It'll probably come out early part of December and she's already booked through Christmas. So you don't want to wait. If, there are a, if there's a photograph of a relative, of a pet, of a house in Nantucket with the pink roses and a bicycle, you know, whatever it is, if there's something that you guys experience that you want to recapture and give to a loved one, a vacation, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, a, a baby. Uh, I'm going to give you the phone number because I've given you enough time to pull over. It's 973-420-7232 Give Camille a call or send her a text and say, "Hey, I want to. I want to. I'd love to get this illustrated." And and understand something, okay? This is. I'm going to say this. This is not Camille saying this. I'm saying this. I, I know how much it takes to, to design something and to develop something that is beautiful. Uh, and, and the paintings that I've seen that, that, that Camille has done, the drawings that she's done. It, this is not, this takes time. Some of these drawings are, so you understand, 20, 30, 40 hours. Not in a row. It takes time. So think about 40 hours. If you're putting in two to three hours a day, you're looking at over a month, month and a half. So I want you all to think about what you pay to get your hair done, to get your, to get your clothes laundered and clean and ironed and pressed, only to redo it a month later. And this is something that you cherish and you keep forever and you pass it down generationally. I mean, you know, some of the stuff that I've seen you post, Camille, it's just, it's beautiful. And I, I, I can't imagine anyone not passing that down. So, and, and again, if you see, if, like, like that, we keep talking about the, uh, the Veterans Day poster she did. Go on her Facebook page and scroll down and stalk her, stalk her artwork. Because you'll see some of the stuff. If there's something you love, like if you have a veteran in your family or, you know, someone who served and passed, family member... And, and you yeah. want something like that, she will make you a print. She will mat it. She will frame it. She will sign it for you. And it's something that you guys can keep forever and pass it down. So I really encourage you guys. I'm going to give you that number again. It's 973-420-7232. Send her a text. Give her a phone call. And And I encourage you guys to memorialize, memorialize, photographs in art because you know, photographs are photographs but when you get something that's that's touched by a human hand and puts all that time into it and that love and that care to really bring that picture, that photograph to life it's priceless, it really is priceless do you feel that way?
1: I, you, you have me in tears
0: I mean, I, I feel that way about art
1: I, Well, we all, like artists do you know um, it, let me just say Everything I do, I put my whole heart and soul into. Every painting I do, it's not a quick thing. It's not... God gave me a talent. And I have to fulfill this. And
0: It's he, a calling. It's, it's a, a, calling. a
1: calling. He put a paintbrush and a pencil in my hand for a reason. I'm not a computer artist. I don't do anything on the mouse. And I know there's wonderfully talented computer artists out there. You can tell
0: she does it because she called it the mouse.
1: Yes, the (laughs) mouse. I I use a paintbrush. I use a paintbrush and a pencil. Uh, And I have to say that it's such a passion of mine, I don't feel like I'm working because I'm thinking... And I could go back on paintings, this is the truth. And I could look at a section and remember the person that I was thinking about. When you did it? Yes. There's so many stories behind behind these paintings that only I know. It's a personal, I can't even tell you how personal it is for me. Um, If I do a portrait of your dog, there's such a connection I have to them if they passed or if they are still living, and I love them. I fall in love with
0: these dogs. Well, I'm sure that people also tell you a little bit of stories behind them. Yeah, the dog like, is this and that, and right.
1: Like I'm doing one, I could see. I'm looking at this dog. I go, he's a goofball. I could tell just by the way he's looking in the camera, and I just, I, I don't know. There's just. I love animals, I I would love to do horses, I would love to do more cats. People out there, if you have a loved one, a cat, please call me. I would love to do a portrait of your cat. Um, Your loved ones, I've been doing a lot of baby portraits. My friend has given me, I think, four already of her grandchildren to do. Uh, I just love it. I just just love the faces and doing portraits. It's my passion. It really is.
0: So, again, guys, I encourage you to, to look up her artwork, call her up, ask her questions. There is, to me, there's no greater gift than someone taking the time to work with an artist... And and, and and taking that image and bringing it to life on paper, uh, I mean, it, it's it's priceless. It is priceless.
1: It is, it is, um, and you'll have it forever, forever.
0: And you pass it down.
1: Yes, and you can pass it down. And who knows? It might be worth something when I <laughs>
0: absolutely, absolutely.
1: <laughs> Not now, but who knows?
0: So listen, guys. I encourage you. Know she's a local artist born and raised grew up in hawthorne class of 1976 and next year 2022 they're going to be celebrating their eighth grade family's 50th 50th reunion right next yes.
1: year yes um you know i growing up in hawthorne as a lot of people know you know you go from kindergarten to eighth grade with the same kids and nobody moves really you might have some families coming in but no one moves. And when you think about it, we became a family when we graduated in '72. With our friend um, and brother, we call him brother and friend, who has passed on. Started it was Ronnie Dobbs.
0: Ronnie Dobbs. He
1: got he got together with I think Debbie Richardson and Linda Carlo and Lynn Jackamaro, and I think they all met up where they lived up in Warwick. And from then on, we all got together. Facebook is really the the, the, uh, catalyst that helped everybody get together, and I'm sure a lot of people agree. We met at Shortways, and we have this picture taken of all of us up on the stage in Shortways, and for ones that passed on, there's orbs there, those white orbs, and we said, it's your brother Julio. Yeah, it is. We, you know, uh, a lot of people didn't, but there was a lot of people, and it was so nice to see. And from that time on, we have gotten together for Christmas uh, parties, uh, get-togethers down at somebody's house who has a pool. Uh, we had a great, uh, at my house on Sylvester Ave, we had a barbecue. I don't even know if you heard it from <laughs> It. we had the best time. We did Jeopardy with, uh, we did uh, trivia questions from back in the time when we were kids. Oh, that's so funny. We had, uh, name that tune, uh, with all the songs from back when we grew up. People were going to leave, they go, they stayed. Then my neighbor directly in back of us was... She, got, she saw me in the a um, and and she said, Oh, my God, I was hysterical laughing. <laughs> I have never seen a group of older people have a better time. We had really, literally, the best time. And people talked about it for days after. Until this day, they still talk about
0: it. Uh, so shout-out to the 8th grade family. Shout-out to the Lincoln School, Class of 72, and the Hawthorne High School, Class of 76. And, again, I encourage you guys to look up Camille Ellerbrook Art uh, and, and give her a call, send her a text. She's She has a lot of commission work, but, you know, especially people from town. I mean, there has to be just a closer connection when people from town reach out and, and want to commission some work. So I encourage you to get a hold of Camille. Camille, thank you so much for taking the time and doing thank this. Thank
1: you, Flavio. I'm so honored, so honored to be a part of this I can't, um, my heart is filled.
0: Ah, uh, and, and, and I'm, I'm lucky because knowing, knowing how long it takes her to do this artwork, I mean, I've kept her for almost an hour. I, I know how much I would pay her an hour to do her work, so I appreciate you doing this pro bono. Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> There's uh, a discount. I will give you a discount.
0: Oh, really? For
1: residents only.
0: Okay, all right, listen up, guys. Listen up. All right, what are you saying?
1: I, I want I, I would give Hawthorne residents a discount, ten percent off the price of my p- portraits.
0: So any portrait, whether it's a human, an animal, a baby,
1: anything. Ten percent off Hawthorne residents because we are family. We are all family. And as you know, family is a blessing.
0: Amen to that.
1: And young, old, anyone in Hawthorne, it's you're my home. You're
0: my home. Always will be. All right, so she's she's putting it out there, 10% off. You call her up, send her a text, look her up, send her a Facebook message. And that was really sweet of you to do that. I really appreciate it. Camille, thank you so much for doing it. Thank
1: this. you, Flavio, again. I appreciate you asking me to do this and be a part of this, this towncast.
0: All right, guys. I, I encourage you to, uh, to contact her. And, and when you do get some work and you do commission Camille, make sure that you post it and and let's let's fill the uh, let's fill Facebook and Instagram full of art how about that
1: thank you thank you that would be wonderful I hope to hear from a lot of you guys
0: all right everybody be well.